It is a mentality that shuns excuses and focuses on what's at stake. A mindset that resolves within itself that you must totally empty yourself to experience victory. A memory that remembers that who and what you are playing for is bigger than you. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Fourth Quarter Christianity Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, also, leave a rating, a review, and please share this episode or previous episodes. If you are a returning listener, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support. Tonight, we are continuing our Mother's Day series. We're on night number three, and we have Tori Gregory and Madison Bidiger as our guest speakers tonight. I'm confident that this episode would be of no less value than those prior to it. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and get a preview, a snapshot of what we're going to talk about tonight. So tonight we're talking about new mommies. Now, of course, from that alone, you understand a little bit, but we go all the way back to when the good news was heard. That is when these ladies found out that they were pregnant. We go all the way back there. And then we transition to the birthing experience. And then we go to when things changed. You got to bring the baby back home, right? And so it's just a very, uh, a very encouraging episode, very detailed, but it was very practical. And that's what we look for in this podcast. So I'm not going to spoil any, uh, anything else for you. We'll just jump right into the episode with Tori Gregory and Madison Bittinger. All right. Well, today we have two lovely mothers on and we're excited to talk to them about the subject of new motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to learn a lot today and we have some very candid uh, questions planned and hopefully for a candid conversation and very transparent to help those who are either considering motherhood or just becoming a new mother. Tori, we're going to start with you. Uh, Please just introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Uh, You know, how old is your baby and, you know, how many and stuff like that. So. Hi, I am Tori Gregory. I um, My husband is Connor Gregory. We are a minister family in Trinidad, Colorado. I became a mom last year. My daughter Ada is almost eight months old. She turns eight months old next week, and I can't believe it's gone by so, so fast. I thought it was going to go really slow, but it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I'm a, I'm a new mom. Um, and then Madison, who's with us, she was like, I, I mentioned this to Danielle Key earlier, but she was a big resource for me as I was becoming a new mom. And so I know she's going to have a lot of, of good information to share tonight, but, um, yeah, I'm so honored to be, to be on here and to talk to you guys. Well, thank you, Tor. We're looking forward to having a conversation with you. Uh, Madison, how about you? Tell us who you are, where you're from, you know, tell us a little bit about your husband and your baby. Hi, I'm Madison Bidigier. Um, I'm, New mom to a spunky 14-month-old baby, (laughs) Ella Parker. (laughs) She is the light of both of our lives. She's changed everything for the better. Um, My husband is actually, he's preaching part-time now, but we are from um, Coldwater, Mississippi. And um, I'm a registered nurse, ER nurse. So he's part-time preaching. Um... And I'm working full time and just trying to survive raising my baby. <laughs> I, mean, I understand. I think, boy, that's an, ac- uh, an, an accurate subscription, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Survival. It's all about survival. Yep. 
I think we're all surviving at this point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Pretty> much. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you ladies on. I mean, we're going to, I'm looking forward to the conversation. I think it's going to be a good one. So, I mean, without further ado, we're just, we're just jumping to the first one. Right. And I'll, I'll, I'll yield to you. I'll let you ask the first one. Okay, ladies. Now, have you always wanted to be a mother? And it happened in the time that you hoped for. And we'll start with Madison first. Yes, I've always wanted to. And I'd say, yeah, it happened really exactly when we wanted to. Um, We always planned on having a baby, like maybe a year or two after we got married. And we made it a year. Boy, yeah. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't have ours when when we wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) You want to speak to that? So, yeah, I have actually always wanted to be a mom. Um, growing up, I that was my dream job was to be a stay at home mom. But then when I got into high school, like my friends thought it wasn't cool to want kids. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want kids either. But I, <laughs> I definitely I definitely always did. And then um, as far as if it happened when I wanted it to. No, not not at all. But um we, you know, Connor and I, we had always wanted to have kids right away. I always wanted to be a young mom and, you know, have all my kids before I turned 30. I had like this plan of when, you know, I was going to have my first baby and then I was going to wait two years and have my second baby. And so like by now I should be on my second or third, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it, that was um, a little bit of a stressful time because we, we tried for a couple of years um, without, you know, getting the result that we, we wanted. So that was, um, a period of time in my life that I had a lot of anxiety and a, a lot, I was really emotional. And, you know, we, I mean, we tried for like two years uh, before we found out about Ada. And I know that's like a drop in the bucket just compared to some couples yeah. who try for, you know, a decade or, or more to have a baby. But, but yeah, I think it happened at the right time. It, it was supposed to happen. So I am grateful for that, but it not, not in the timing that I had uh, expected for myself. All right. So, I mean, not to divert too much, I, I do have a, a quick question for both of you. So first, I'm going to gonna start with Madison. Uh, so you said that you work as an ER nurse and you have your first baby. Please, please, if you don't mind, take us through your schedule. How in the world are you able to work full time as an ER nurse <laughs> and, you know, be able to be there for your baby and have time for your, your family? Like, how, how does that work? Uh-huh. It's really hard on some days. I, I work 12 hours at a time. So when I go in, I clock in at 6.45 a.m. And I don't leave usually until about 7.30 if it hasn't been a terrible day. But honestly, knowing that my baby is with, like, she's usually with my mom. And my mom is wonderful. She, I know she's taken care of. And my mom is awesome and respects everything that like I would ask her to do from her and Britt is just incredible too he's also going to school full-time so he he's able to be home for some of the day to kind of split it up with my mom Mm -hmm. but it was really really hard going back to work because I I did want to be a stay-at-home mom at first but I thought I was gonna lose my mind staying home all the time but I love it in the sense of like when I do come home, like I get to spend quality time with my family, mm-hmm. but it also, I like to go to work and, you know, help us out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, T- Tori, for you, I mean, you obviously, you obviously mentioned that it wasn't in the time that you had hoped for. 
Um, first, I mean, just just take us through your experience, your emotional state. And I know we're going to get more into it when you found out the good news. But I mean, how was it for you just waiting, you know, through all that time to, uh, oh, I, am I pregnant yet? You know, like, can you just take us through your 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 mindset throughout that time? It was really hard because, you know, I was doing all the trackers and I was, um, you know, like trying to plan everything out. And I, you know, during this time, of course, I was praying to God that he would bless us with a baby. But, you know, you don't want to be like selfish. Like I want a baby, but, you know, obviously praying for, you know, his will to be done. And and that if it wasn't in his will that we had a baby, like for us to be at peace with that. And that was really hard, like to to be able to say that I'm, I am at peace with that. And then uh, we were actually exploring adoption whenever we found out about Ada. So like we were, we were looking at to different, cause we wanted to have a family, of course. And we know that, you know, families aren't always the same and they come to you in different ways, but, uh, and it's hard also, like when you, the world we live in where, where social media is so big mm-hmm. and, you know, you're, you're trying to have a baby and you get on, on social media and it's like, everyone is announcing their pregnancies and, and you're happy for them. But then they're like, there's a piece of you that, you know, that does have that jealousy and trying to keep that in check. So it doesn't consume you like that. And then, you know, as well as, as that, you know, I also have to watch and nurture my relationship with, with Connor and not let, um, you know, like disappointment and stress like bubble over into our relationship. So it was a, it was a really difficult time, but Connor and I both grew so much in that, in that two years. And I think that was God preparing us to be parents Oh, I love that. I'm grateful for that time. Just briefly, really quick. I know that uh, uh, Madison talked about the job and she didn't want to necessarily be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you went through a similar experience. I mean, could you just express like, you know, the first mm-hmm. few months, you know, just being trying to be a stay at home mom and then you wanted to go back to work. Like, could you just talk about that a little bit? Well, like on maternity leave, I kind of was just happy to be home with with my baby and then went back to work. And then I was like, well. I do enjoy kind of being at work again. I, I think I didn't realize how much I kind of liked it until I actually went back. But then also it kind of was like a tug of war too, because I'm like, man, I could be at home with my baby and I have to worry about X, Y, and Z, even though Daniel was watching him the whole time anyway. So at least I knew he was in good hands. But then also I also struggled with like, okay, well, I do like, there's a certain level of fulfillment that comes from being at work, especially in the field that you love. Like yours is nursing, Madison, and see with me, I, I mean, I'm just now interested in a career in nursing. Right now I work as an ophthalmology technician, but um, healthcare, I love healthcare. And at that time I was working in the lab at a hospital here. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I could, I like kind of, I kind of go through the back and forth, really. I have that game of tug of war every morning while I get ready for work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I wish I could stay home today. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I like being at home. It just was like, I, just a certain level of fulfillment that came from being out working and then bringing something into the, to the home. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. What, what were you going to say, Madison? I'm sorry. I kept I'm sorry. You off. No, you're fine. It's so hard when you love what you do, but you love your family just as much, but like, like you, like, I, I love what I do. Like, I don't think I could stop even, you know, even if I didn't have to work, like I enjoy going to work and knowing that I can make a difference. Like try to. I like that. I like that. I mean, uh, your husband and I are actually in the same position. Like I go to school full time and I'm thankful that I have a, uh, 
I also, you know, preach full time. So it's like it's a, it's a great balance because I've talked to the uh, the elders here and they allow me to do that. And I've been doing it for now for three years. So hopefully hopefully BS coming soon and then MS after that. So it's it's an ongoing study process. And um, I mean, I think I think everyone has a uh, has a some form of a struggle in a way to get over. So mm-hmm. um, now we'll, we'll jump into question, two. I mean, I'm, I'm very curious about this one because I've seen what my wife went through. So. <laughs> Um, we'll start with you this time, Tori. Uh, what was your immediate response? And you can tell us the emotional, the physical response to the news that you were pregnant. Our when we found out, like we was totally out of the blue. There was no reason for me to think that I was uh, that I was pregnant. And so when Connor actually is the one who like saw the result first, and so he just like turned white. And like, like dropped to his knees. And I thought he was joking, like messing with me. And so I didn't believe him for at first. And then he showed it to me. And it was just like the most surreal moment of my life. And like, I was so excited. But then like, I thought about actually like having a baby and then panic kind of set in. <laughs> but it was so, it was so, f- did, did I lose my audio? Can you guys hear me? No, no, we can hear you. Oh, okay. But yeah, so um, yeah, so it was like, the most excited I've ever been and the most terrified I've ever been in the same moment, but it was, it was the best. Oh, that, that, oh man. Like that, that is crazy. I'm laughing because that's the same, that's the same expression that key had, but I'm going to yield to you, uh, Madison. What, what was your, what was your experience? When I first, okay. My best piece of advice is there's not a whole lot of false positives in life and it's never just a faint line. (laughs) So when I first took my test, I was like, I don't know. I was like, that is it like I can barely see it. So what I did is I went and got a blood test, like and did it on the um at a clinic just and they had called me and I was in the car with Britt and the lady was like, Okay, I have your results. Like, do you wanna be pregnant? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, You're pregnant. So <laughs> I mean I wanted to surprise Britt, but I mean, I can't keep any type of secret ever. So like we both found out at the same time and it was just like, you know, I wanted it so bad. Like I I was trying, like I wanted to be pregnant so bad. And when I finally, you know, I knew I was, it was like immediate excitement, but also like Tori said, just immediate, like, oh my goodness, like I'm going to be a mama. Like this, this is heavy. Like, it gets so happy, but it's also so heavy too. Cause I mean, this is a big responsibility ahead of you. And for the record, I cried more when I found out Tori was pregnant than I did when I was pregnant. <laughs> oh man, that shows the the remarkable friendship. I mean, if if so, Tori gave us a, at least a glimpse of how her husband reacted. I mean, Madison, could you just take us through how your husband may have reacted to the news? Oh my goodness, he. He was more iffy than me about what was like, because I mean, I was, I was at the point where like, you know, each month would go by and I wouldn't be pregnant and I would just get so sad and it'd be like, you know, two or three days of me just being sad. And I think it hit him like, you know, for him, it was like, okay, well, you know, we're trying to get pregnant. And then when it was like, like, oh shoot, we're actually pregnant. Like, (laughs) I think it just was like, immediate like this is real for him like 
So he he was like excited, but like it took oh, it took a while for the shock to wear off of him. I agree. Yeah, I think uh, and and Tori, I was the one who found out when Key was pregnant. I, I grabbed the okay. uh, the pregnancy test and I looked, and she thought I was joking with her too. I was I looked at I was I couldn't say anything. I just didn't know what to, what to say exactly. I was just like, and she was like, "Quit playing. You you playing with me?" I was like, "No." Nah. I said it. She was like, "No, nah, it's faded. It's faded." And so, kind of like you, Madison, Key took, I think, what, three, four pregnancy tests? Like four of them. And then after that, she went to the doctors and got another so that was one. Like the fifth one. I think. <laughs> yep. I think I took seven. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like in disbelief. Yeah. I, yes. That's what, it, I, that's what it was for me. Because I, at first, I had thought I saw the little faded line. And I was like, no, I put it on the counter. I said, it's not finished yet. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I had like other tests too. I said, okay, I'll just use another one. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I sat on there and then um, I said, all right, now, Daniel, go tell me what it says. And I was staying in the dining room. He went there. He was like, uh, he had a little look down. There's, there's two lines on it. It says, it's positive. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Stop playing, Dan. <laughs> So, but I mean, yes, yeah, it was it was great. I, I mean, was in disbelief as well. Mm-hmm. So I had to take like multiple ones. I took one the next day, then I think the day after that, and then I went to the doctor at the end of the week and was like, "Okay, I got like four positive pregnancy tests." Is this probably <laughs> positive? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I mean, I I wanted to touch on this too before we skip past it, but like, how did you feel physically? Like, so we get the emotional part and. But I know some some mothers and soon to be mothers want to know too, like what can they pre- predict to expect physically when you find out that you're pregnant? And I guess we'll start. I forget who I started with last time, but uh, Tori, if you would uh, start with this one. Yeah. So I had no idea like what to expect. I just thought you like wouldn't feel anything. I know for me, I um, I didn't you know, I didn't feel any different for like the first couple of weeks after I found out. And then I had like, I started cramping really bad and I was terrified. I was like, Oh, like, am I losing the baby is, you know, then you like, look up, don't, mm-hmm. my advice is not is to not go to the internet. Like if you have any, <laughs> any questions while you're pregnant, because I freaked myself out on multiple occasions, but um, but yeah, so it was like, it's talking about like an ectopic pregnancy. And so I was calling my doctor and I was like, I, I need like, what, what's going on? I have, it's on one side and it's really painful. And they're like, you know, <laughs> are you having, you know, bleeding and things like that? But, um, but yeah, so I, that was my experience. I didn't get like nauseous right off the bat or anything like that. I, I really just felt normal. And then I had like cramping for like a week and then it, it went away and, and then I got super nauseous. <laughs> so mm. Okay. Madison, how about you? I honestly had heartburn, like through the whole thing. Like that was my number one, like I had always on my person, like Tom's, um, Pepsid, just about anything you could think of. But I I got nauseous, but it wasn't as bad as some people. I think, Tori, you had it pretty bad. I never got that bad off. (laughs) I remember that much. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I, well, I never really had morning sickness unless I ate too fast. So I got like more sensitive to things, things I could normally do. I couldn't do anymore um, in that regard. But yeah, I didn't have any morning sickness. I did have the cramping really bad. 
And then I'm like, oh gosh, is everything okay? Especially with the ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. Google can be your enemy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh Lord, what's going on? You know? Then of course she's freaking me out because I'm like, what? I don't know. And while I was concerned, I was just like, I don't don't think it's that bad. You know, I talked to the doctor and that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. just look for X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't have any morning sickness. It just was the cramping and uh, the sudden hunger. Oh yeah. (laughs) That increased on me. My morning sickness lasted till I was like 20 weeks and I had to take medication for it and things like that, which some people last, like it lasts their whole pregnancy. So I'm very grateful that mine did not because it was a little bit miserable, but, but yeah, it was, it was intense there for 20 weeks. Man, oh, man. that's a, that's still a long time. I mean, I know I know that's the beginning of pregnancy. Man, twenty weeks a long time. I remember at one point I was just like sobbing in the shower, and Connor was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm never gonna feel normal again." And then <laughs> after after like that, you know, twenty week like in my second trimester, towards the end of my second trimester, I just felt great, and I was like, "Huh." Like, I feel like myself, like I was freaked out for nothing because I was really, I really thought like that was going to be the rest of my life was I would wake up just sick from the moment I got up to when I went to bed that night. So it does get easier for sure. It's funny you say that because I can remember being pregnant and could not remember for the life of me a time when I wasn't pregnant. Like it just Mm. felt like my life now, like you're just like, man, like I'm just, Mm. I'm just going to be this round person forever. Like, never gonna end. Uh, you said something similar to that too, I think. Yeah, I'm like, man, I sure I haven't always been somebody's mama, have I? <laughs> I'm like, it hasn't been that long. You're like, man, there was life before this, you know. <laughs> so we gotta be clear. I mean, what is that so is that normal though? Like if if you know new mothers are experiencing that right now or soon to be mothers, if they experience the cramping, the nausea, is is that a normal yes. part of Okay. Yeah. Nausea means your baby's healthy. Coming from a nurse, if you're throwing up, that means that inside of your inside of the cells, they're rapidly dividing, and your body is processing that as a stress response. So that just means your baby's healthy. That's a good thing. And and cramping can be normal, can be abnormal. I would just ask your doctor just to make sure. I know in my case, when I talked to my doctor about it, they talked about how like early in your pregnancy, like your body is changing and, and, you know, those organs in your body, like your uterus is, is expanding. And so it's going to cause that, that cramping feeling, but definitely like if you are having like, like really serious, like extensive cramping, like I would definitely contact your doctor. You're bleeding. Sure. Yeah. Actually, That's this not- pretty much, oh, I'm sorry, I can't see the screen. I can just pull up my thing. Okay. But, um. That actually leads into the the other question of how was pregnancy for you guys, but then also what was it like emotionally and physically to watch your body change oh. right before your eyes? Because I, I went through <laughs> some things with it. I'm still going through some things with it. And this is the second one. So <laughs> we'll start with Madison first. And stuff. It was very humbling just to watch like, oh, the places you will grow. Like things that you <laughs> all over. I can remember sitting in the bathtub just crying. So I was like, I'm about to fill up this tub just with my person. Like, I, but I mean, I was super swollen when I was pregnant, but it definitely humbled me. It made me appreciate, you know, life before I had a baby. <laughs> just walk into the mailbox without being winded. Like, I, I did miss that. Man. But. Ooh, like having Brit during that time, like 
I couldn't have done it without him. Like, I honestly couldn't have done it. He was, like, that was, that was the only thing that kept me, I feel like, sane is knowing that, like, his love for me never wavered through that time. I never questioned, does he think I'm pretty? Like, I mean, he was just the only constant. Like, when everything else around me was changing, he was just there like I like he he loved me so much through it everything like I mean he loved me when I was crazy through all of it because I mean I, I was I was a crazy pregnant person I really was like I would just cry like my co-workers I worked with when we lived in Idaho they were like nobody ever let her reproduce ever again so <laughs> <laughs> how about you Tori uh yeah it was it it's amazing to see your body change but then also because like you are carrying this this life but at the same time like it's hard to see your body change because you know it's never going to be the same like as it was before and I for one was like terrified of getting stretch marks which is like pretty much inevitable when you're pregnant but I my my routine was ridiculous like I had three different products I would like rub all over my belly and I didn't get a single stretch mark on my belly, but I didn't, you know, think to use it anywhere else because, you know, like everybody uh-huh. stretches in other places. But, um, but yeah, yeah. so it, like, like Madison said, Connor, cause you do like, I don't know, it, it affects your body image in a, in a way. Uh, and Connor always told me how beautiful I was. And, and that really helped because it is, it's hard to see your body change, but although, like there's a flip side and it's, awesome to see your body change because there's this baby growing inside of you and, and God has given us this ability to carry this life and, and to nourish that life with our body. And so that, that part of it is, is absolutely beautiful, but yeah, it's, it's emotional to see, like to see your body change and, and know that it's never gonna, never gonna be the same, but you wouldn't take it back ever. Like after you have your baby. Yeah. yeah. I, I too shed quite a few tears <laughs> because I was I never, I never forget. I think it was that time I was in the, something. It's always in the bathroom. I don't know what it is. It's like I was in the bathroom. Yeah, I, I noticed that was a common thing amongst all yes, three of you. Like, oh. Always in the bathroom. And I was like, I'm not pretty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? Look at my body. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you guys can hear me anymore. I backed away from the mic and everything. But yes, I went through a lot. Um, with that I was like oh god my, my body will never go back to the, being the way it was before and the stretch mark regimen was was very real and also I know more now than I did then but talk about your expensive creams that you put on your stomach <laughs> at that time honestly I just used a whole bunch of shea butter what do remember you use I had, now oh see now see I've, I've learned after the first one see I use like a expensive it, a little pricey. Expensive. I normally wouldn't buy something like that, but it's uh silky skin custard. That's what I use now. Expensive. Mm. <laughs> I, I was with Tori on that whole, like, you know, I was religiously, I mean, like coat my belly in like oh, coconut yeah. oil and then the stretch mark cream and then the, the bio oil, whatever, all over my stomach. I never got one stretch mark on my stomach, but if I didn't get them all over my legs, I'm like, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but to the new moms it's normal and you're and don't let people scare you your body will go back to some extent but some things Mm -hmm. will just always be the same but oh yeah I mean nothing to be ashamed of I mean your baby gave those to you it was just little gifts from them I guess 
<laughs> yeah, I, I personally have the the belt around the around the hip area. Oh. Like that's what I had, like especially like right after. And so yeah, my belly though toward the end, it was like I got so close. I was like, yes, okay, my stretch marks are you can barely tell if they're there. The week before Barry was born, like <laughs> had the little ripples yeah. going on, and I was like, no. I was I was upset by me also at that point I was more concerned about the fact that I was about to have a baby and right yeah. as a whole thing you in itself. Tiger stripes, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. You stripes. And they faded away a little, you know, after he was born. So So yeah. we 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 gotta do this real quick because I heard some good things said about the uh <clears throat> the husbands in this process. <laughs> yes. And so if we could so, I mean, because after Mother's Day, which is I mean the whole purpose of the episode, it, Father's Day, right? And so I, if we could just just go around and say how instrumental, you know, explain that a little bit, you know, how how instrumental were the husbands in this process to, you know, reassure our ladies how beautiful you are. And so we're gonna we're gonna start with Tori. Tori, could you just tell her what Connor did? <laughs> he Oh man, I was very pitiful. Like I was like, I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) And he would, he would just like step in and anything that needed to be done, he did. And that was really, cause we have like two like massive dogs and um, like he, I I was, we, we really split the dog duty before I was pregnant, but then we had like a little bit of a scare. I was, I uh, was like dragged through the yard while I was pregnant. (laughs) And so that that was like a whole other thing that I had to like go to the hospital for. But especially after that, like he really stepped in and like took care of all of that, anything that I needed. And he, he was always, always like very conscious of my, my nausea. Cause like smells would just set me off and things like that. But, but he was always just reassuring and um, encouraging. And uh, I mean, of course, like he had his own things going on and like stresses that he was dealing with, with, like becoming a dad. Cause that's also very stressful, but, um, but yeah, like it was, um, it wasn't all, all one, one sided with me. Like he had a lot that he was carrying at that time too. And I'm very grateful that, that he was there in the trenches with me during pregnancy and like really helped me through it. So I'm sure your husband made you laugh a lot too. Cause your husband is fun. He's like, he is crazy. Yeah. He's a mess. So <laughs> there's, and Ada just like absolutely adores him. He's always cracking her up. So it's, it's always fun. All right, Mad- Madison, how about you? Uh, well, tell us a little bit about what Britt did for you. Well, honestly, like I said before, he was a big emotional stitch for me during my pregnancy. I didn't really need a whole lot, like, physical-wise. Like, I mean, I was working up until I was 39 weeks pregnant. So, I, I mean, I I handled it pretty okay. Honestly, when I really needed him the most and he stepped up, I could say during that first – or even – the first year of Ella's life, like, he just, like, like, he was so good, and he never complained, like, he just became, like, a, you know, you probably know, like, I mean, I pumped and breastfed for a whole year, and it was like, babe, can you go, like, when you're hooked up to your pump, it's like, babe, can you go get me a water, and my phone charger, and my, um, pump parts, and, and you, you know, all that stuff, like, I mean, never complained and always would go and get me whatever I needed. But yeah, you know how that goes. It's like when you give a mouse a cookie, it's like when I would sit down to pump, he's like, so you didn't think about getting all this stuff before you sat down. And it's like, <laughs> look, I just sit down. <laughs> I actually had a little basket 
and I tried to make sure it had the stuff in it. It's just maybe after the first couple of sessions, things would run out and I forget to replace it because, you know, you're on the clock, man. You got to got to get the milk ready. So I had to just. That, that okay okay had to call that is up. that is partly accurate all right so yes <laughs> i i constantly had to run back and i would come from upstairs downstairs back upstairs to downstairs outside maybe she forgot her charge in the car i was everywhere <laughs> and yes i would ask the same i'm like you didn't you, why didn't you bring that when you sat down you know the first time like <laughs> I, I, I forgot or i ran out and i mean of course i didn't mind the first two times you know the third and fourth and fifth and so forth. You, you know how it goes. So I got better than yeah. after the first few months of <sighs> pumping life. We're gonna move on. Okay, <laughs> move on. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, she you you did, you did. So here, here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth one. What what was what was the labor experience like? And like, were you ever afraid for your life during the delivery process? This was a big one. I even looked it up on Google and saw that. A lot of women actually are related to this. So we're going to uh, start this time with Madison. Uh, could, could you just take us through your experience? Um, well, like I, I was induced. I begged my doctor because I was miserable. I was so ready to have her. I could not induce myself into labor. Like I walked for hours with one foot on the sidewalk and the other foot on the pavement. Just try anything, anything he told me to do, I'd do it. But my labor went really awesome. Like, I mean, we went to the hospital. Um, I got my IV. They started me on Pitocin. And, um, like, it was really intense. I did not know that induced labor was a lot worse than natural labor, so I've heard. So if you're on a Pitocin drip, they're going to make you labor in the bed. And that in and of itself is really, really hard to do. Mm -hmm. and um they they put you on the monitor you can't come off of the monitor so I, I had a really tough labor and I was trying so hard to just tough it out and wait for my epidural and I almost didn't get it because I was like seven and a half centimeters by the time they actually got the epidural and I made it to nine and a half before it kicked in and I actually got oh. some relief so I had about 30 minutes to rest before I had to push Man. so but I mean during that last that last phase of labor right before you're about to push you, you really do get close to losing your mind because <laughs> I mean I was telling Britt I was gonna go home I was like I can't do this and he's like um babe like we don't necessarily have a choice <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean but he, he helped getting calm during that or he helped at least keep me in the bed because I I mean <laughs> like I was I was about I was about to leave and go home. Well, that's a new <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that. I was about to say, yeah. That close, you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna go home now. Yeah. Have enough. Came, came, came too far, Madison. Came too far. <laughs> <laughs> a little too far in for that one. Mm -hmm. Tor, how about you, Tor? How was your experience? So our experience was not at all what I expected it to be. So we. I had, a, I had expected an induction. Uh, we live an, like an hour and 20 minutes away from the hospital. So it's not like we're just like really close or we can just run over there. So I was getting ready to go to my 38 week appointment and uh, we got there and it was just like a normal checkup. And then I, I've, I had never had any issues with my pregnancy really as far as my health. And so 
um, they took my blood pressure and it was like through the roof, like 160 over a hundred or something like that. And, uh, which was very unusual for me. So they were like, you know what, we're going to send you over to labor and delivery and you might very well have your baby today. And I was like, I think, I think I'm just nervous. I think that's why my, my blood pressure is so high. And they were like, no. So I, I went, uh, we were in labor and delivery for a couple of hours and they were just monitoring us. And the whole time Connor's like, what if this is it? Like, what if we're having our baby today? I was like, I haven't even cleaned the house. Like, no, we're not, we're not having our baby today. They're going to send us home. And, uh, I was like, besides like my parents are already scheduled to come in two weeks. Your parents are scheduled to come in two weeks. Like we're, we are leaving the hospital tonight and going home without a baby. And, then the doctor came in and she was like, actually you are having your baby today. We're, we're going to start you on, um, the, I think it's like, I forget what it's called. It's the stuff before Pitocin, but, but yeah, so like that was a shock. So I was just like, <laughs> like, I didn't even know how to react to that. Cause I was not, it's I'm a planner and that did not go according to my, my birth plan. And so, um, so I was just kind of like in shock, just kind of going with it. I was like, okay, like, all right, let's, let's get it started. And so, um, they gave me the medicine cause my body had not started the labor process. Like I wasn't dilated a face, any of that. And so they gave me the medicine to start the process. And then that took like eight hours, but you, I didn't feel anything. Like I was just monitored. I was just laying there in the bed, eat, like hanging out with Connor and they fed me and they didn't tell me I wouldn't be able to eat again. So I got like like a piece of chicken. <laughs> They're like, you can't, you can't eat again until after your baby's born. And I was like, what? I was like, when's that going to be? And they're like, probably like 12 to 15 hours. Uh, you'll probably, like, and I was like, what? And this was at like, you know, or not even 12, it was like 24 hours is what they said. Like, uh, be like the next evening of that, the next day. So, um, but once they started the Pitocin, like Madison was talking about my body, like reacted to it really fast. And I went from zero centimeters dilated to nine in an hour and a half. So like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was in so much pain and, uh, cause they didn't expect me to react that quickly. So I was just like laying there and I was like, Connor, I cannot take it. Like I cannot take this anymore. I need an epidural right now. Cause they, they said I had to wait until I was three centimeters dilated to get uh, an epidural. And I didn't know where I was. Cause it'd only been an hour and a half after they started the medicine. And so, uh, the lady came in she's like, I'll check to see if you're far enough to have an epidural. And she came in and she was like, actually it's time to push. You're not getting an epidural today. So <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. And then like had to wait for my doctor to get there. Cause she was, you know, not at work that early in the morning. So she came and like 20 minutes later, Ada was here. So it was, it was very fast. And luckily it was a very easy delivery and I didn't have to, I wasn't in labor for a long time. So I didn't have a lot of uh, like that, that hour and a half was very, very painful, but it wasn't, um, you know, like I didn't labor like all day or anything yeah. like that. Well, that was but yeah. one thing that I wasn't, I didn't expect as a pregnant woman is how much, um, like mom shaming there is on whether or not you have an epidural or if you induce labor like that, like people will go after you for that. And I was not, I was not prepared for that. And people will, will shame you if you, if you get an epidural or if you are induced instead of waiting until your natural labor, but you have to do what's best for your, for your baby and for your, your body. Cause I mean, I mean, you just, sometimes you don't have any control over those things and 
I know that was one thing that I was, I was nervous about is because I would tell people that I would probably get induced and then they'd, they'd look sideways at me. Like you should wait until you go like until your body's ready naturally and things like that. And so for like a new month, yeah, mm-hmm. the whole induction thing. Cause I, I asked to be induced and at the time that was the best decision for me. And like you said, people will, people will sh- mom shame you no matter what you do. And I mean, some people, I feel like they, they kind of find their soapbox that they stand on. And as a new mom, you need to understand that you cannot stand on all of them. Like they're mm-hmm. going to get you for, you know, re- how old was your baby when you first started feeding them? How old or feeding them real food? Did you breastfeed? Did you have a natural labor in birth and whatever home birth or whatever you had? And, you know, that's something that they're proud of. And I don't know if they intentionally mean it to be like, you know, like I'm better than you because I did this. It's just, and I understand some people are proud of it, but for the new moms, don't let that frustrate you or get you upset because how you take care of your baby, like Daniel said at the beginning, we're just, we're just surviving it. You just got to roll with the punches. Things don't work out the way you think they are. I mean, you can ask Britt before I got pregnant, like I was going to be this like, or I I was going to grow my own vegetables to make my own baby food. And, now Ella will find a cracker on the floor and eat it. And you know what? If you keep her from bugging me for the next 10 minutes, you, you enjoy that cracker, girl. Like, but That's real. All- That's real. Very. Yeah. <laughs> I have a baby food maker in the closet that's still in the box. Never right use now. it. I mean, this. I, I don't now, mind if you get off the floor. I'm I like, go ahead. Say, I did say I wanted to use it for this next one. But then again, I also know I can't guarantee anything. But I do, I do want to use it. I mean, yeah. can, can we go into something they mentioned too about the the mom shaming? Because I think uh, I, I did see a lot of that, even just being around conversation. You know, like the first thing was, you know, when we had Bari, it was like, oh, not so much the attention on him, but oh, did you have a natural? Did you have an ep- epidural? And mm-hmm. you know, Key would be like, you kind of looking like, oh, what? Yeah, no, yeah. And I mean, could you just could you just take us through that? Like, first, how was your experience, and then take us through that part. Well, I'll sh- I'll cut the the labor and delivery story short. Yeah, I, know, I know that's traumatic for you. I get no, no. I mean, it's not as traumatic anymore. But no, I mean, I I did an unmedicated birth, and um, when I first went to the hospital, of course, it started at three o'clock in the morning when I went into labor. <laughs> yes, and so I had these terrible um, contractions, and I was like, I thought it was like a muscle spasm at first. I was asleep. And I was getting ready, you know, at work the next morning. I'm like, man, that was very painful. What in the world was that? I said, it must be those Braxton Hicks things they were talking about. Then they happened every, like, what, 10 minutes? It went 10, 7, 3. And I said, okay, uh, this is a little alarming. So anyway, I called the hospital. They told me, oh, just come in and get checked out. So I texted my boss. I'm just going to be a little late today and going to the appointment, you know. I actually had my 36 seven week appointment mm-hmm. right the day before that yeah so anyway um I said oh, yeah, I'm gonna get checked I'm gonna be late for work today anyway long story short went to the hospital uh I was, it was like seven six, o'clock in the morning I think wasn't yeah it? it was like seven o'clock in the morning and I was like six centimeters dilated when I got there and so they were like oh you're still smiling and I'm like yeah I mean I walked in there I was still smiling I, now I was in pain but I just would breathe through the contraction, that kind of stuff. But, and when she checked me out, 
and told me I was six centimeters. She's like, oh, you're not going anywhere. You're having this baby today <laughs> now. And I was like, I haven't cleaned the house yet. Same like Tori. <laughs> yep. The exact same. She was like, <laughs> I had I two and a half weeks to clean my house. Yep. Her mama was yep. supposed to come. I mean, we had everything planned out and she was like, I didn't clean. I didn't pack the bag. I didn't even get the baby bed. Up. We didn't even have the baby. We bed didn't have the bassinet. Up. Oh, like we had, and I had my bag partially packed. So I was packing it just slowly over the, you know, some weeks some months really. And so I was like, I had two and a half weeks. I was going to get my hair done. I was going to get all kinds of things done before that. And I was going through a big nesting phase too. So I was trying to clean up all the things, clean the air vents. Daniel was like, what's wrong with you? But anyway, so um, yeah, yeah, I went through that. And then they had to actually break my water. So I didn't ever get the Pitocin. Um, yeah, they didn't give me like a Pitocin drip or anything like that. But they just they had to slice the sack. <laughs> and so um, once they broke my water, fire and brimstone rained from the sky. <laughs> And so at that point, <laughs> at that point, I was like, they said, oh, do you want the, are you sure you don't want an epidural? And I said, like, oh, no, I didn't want an epidural. I just didn't want an epidural. Um, they offered me fentanyl as well. And I was like, I think I can deal with this. You know, it's painful. I think I can deal with this. Mm-mm. I dealt with it. But I mean, like, I was like traumatized a little bit, like for a while. Like, I think when I was about eight centimeters I was like, did somebody offer me fentanyl a while ago? <laughs> and they were like, oh, at is this she... point, if you get at this point, you'll have the baby before you even get the IV in you. And well, I was she... like, oh, no. And she kind of did the same stuff. Like, I think that um, I forget which one of you said it already. But uh, no. Yeah, so, Madison, you, you said you tried to get up off the bed and go home. Yeah. OK. And I think <laughs> and so like um, key her immediate response and uh tori you said that you were still kind of like oh, i can't do this i don't i don't think i I'm, i was, I think I I was done i was like yeah. i can't take anymore <laughs> i was on the ball was she, the little bouncy ball i was on the little peanut ball and she did that and she looked over at me like and said oh lord help me and that was like at seven centimeters and i think <laughs> once she got to like eight and a half i think she looked at me and was like she was like oh lord just take me just just take me now take me <laughs> And I'm like, no, you know, and I just blurted out. I'm like, I said, no, Lord, don't take it. You know, I'm like, what? why would you say something? And she looked, she said, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And yeah, and yeah. I was like, I don't, I, I, I remember praying as I was, felt like I was dying almost, you know, I wasn't, I just was like in a lot of pain. Like it was actually a healthy birth, but I felt, I felt terrible. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I didn't have any like real health complications. Like my life was literally at risk, but um, I was like, oh God, how am I actually gonna make it through? I don't see how I'm going to actually make it through this. Like, I don't know if, but if I do, how and how will I be after this? Yeah. <laughs> and I so, remember when he said it was a punishment. That's for sure. <laughs> it's the same thing I said. I was like, I like, you know, you think about it, and everybody says it's painful, but until you get to like that, like, like y'all said, I feel like everybody lost their mind that last little bit of labor right before you're gonna push. I was like, I, I literally looked at Britt and I was like, God wasn't kidding. Like, <laughs> he was not playing when he said it was gonna hurt because oh, I was about to head home. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I, I could have headed home. I couldn't. <laughs> Look, the only oh sorry go ahead oh no no you're good go ahead what were you saying 
Connor, like he was just kind of, I don't think he knew because I was going to take a online birthing class the weekend that she was born. So I did not have a birthing class yet. So I didn't know any breathing techniques. I was like fully unprepared. And like the only thing that relieved any sort of pain was like just sitting on the bed and just rocking back and forth and like humming. And Connor was like over there on the, like next to me. He was just like watching me like, what is wrong? And he like tried to pat my back and I was like, you don't touch me. Like, get, get over there. <laughs> And I remember at one point when I was in so much pain, he was like, I just feel like it's Christmas Eve and it's almost Christmas morning. And I just looked over him and I was like, I know you did not just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Things to not say to a woman having a baby. (laughs) Kind of my guy. Look, Tori has a funny husband. He like his side job should have been in comedy somewhere. Like that that guy. Well, I'm curious. I mean, I'm curious. Like, after after knowing like your labor experience like most people don't talk about the immediate arrival home so i'm curious about that what were your early your early challenges like emotionally and physically like did you face after you arrived home from the hospital like what were some things that changed immediately we'll start with you this time tour uh what changed immediately everything like everything changed I think the like the most um, significant challenge was, which we were really, really blessed because my parents and Connor's parents came out as soon as they found out we were having the baby. So we came home to like a full support system to help us carry that, that new, that transition to becoming a, like a family of three. So like the, the morning, cause especially something I wasn't, um, I wasn't prepared for was when you're nursing and even when you're um, like formula feeding, you have to feed your baby like every couple of hours. And so there, I mean, you get up every, every two hours to feed your baby and that is hard. So the sleep thing was a huge, huge challenge for us. And I remember like the morning after we brought Ada home, like Connor just like sleepwalking into the living room where our family was like holding Ada out and just was like here and like just handed her off to somebody. And then, and then thankfully they, they let us get some good rest, but the sleep thing was really, was really hard. And I, and I remember one change because me and Connor, before we had Ada, we would love to just like go eat out at like nine o'clock at night. Like we'd get in the car and then we'd go and that stopped immediately. <laughs> like you're, you don't go out anymore. Like I didn't, I didn't see other people for like a month. And, and I was just like, I need to go to Safeway, which is our grocery store. I was like, I just need to get out of the house. But yeah, I mean, everything changes. I, I, I don't even know if I could just pinpoint a few things, but like your whole, your whole world changes. I like that. Yeah. Madison, how about you? Honestly, it's like the best way I know how to describe it. It's like here labor here for, you know, for me, it was like 12 hours. No, I think it was more than 12 hours. Yeah. It was definitely more than 12 hours. It was like 15 for me. And it's like, Use all your strength to push this baby out and then here, take care of it for the rest of your life. (laughs) Cause it it was like, I was exhausted. I was there at six in the morning to get induced. I didn't have her until like 10 59. Like my OBGYN was like the nicest person I've ever met. He came in from his house. Like he's painting something at his house. He came in paint all over his hands to deliver me. And then it was like, right after that, you get into your room and like, your baby is cluster feeding. You're up. Like, I mean, for me, it was like every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes, every hour. And it was just like latching her. And I mean, right after you start breastfeeding, it hurts. Like it mm-hmm. is not comfortable. Like that was the biggest struggle for me was 
trying to breastfeed and it like that pain was probably worse than labor for me because it was constant I mean just trying to get it right trying to get your baby to latch the way you're supposed to you're so nervous because you're hoping you're doing it right you're hoping your baby's getting enough milk and it's just so much stress Mm -hmm. and the lack of sleep makes it so much worse and your hormones and you know for me like I mean I, I, I tore a lot, so they had to stitch me up, and I couldn't walk hardly, and I could just remember crying, because I was like, how am I supposed to take care of this baby when, like, I feel weaker than I ever have in my life, like, I felt like somebody had just, like, took all my organs and just twisted them around and, like, cut me open, and I just, like, I just can't remember feeling like I can't do this. Like, how am I going to do this when everybody leaves and I don't have any more people here? And, and it does get better. Like you will adapt and your baby, like for all the new moms, your baby will grow up and it will go faster than you could ever imagine. Like the days are long, but the weeks and the months and the years are just like that. But once you get past that, like, that initial you're just kind of on autopilot just trying to make it through that first you know month or so first mm-hmm. week month, whatever like it does get better your baby grows up they stop being so needy they stop waking up every hour but like Tori said like I, I I'm like me and my mom like my mom came like and I can remember distinctly she was trying to peel an avocado and I was looking for bagels that I didn't even buy. Like, that was how sleep deprived we were. Mm. Like, we, um. I think, too, like, and I don't know about Key and Madison. I don't know what the hospitals you guys delivered at, what they did. But I know whenever they told me it was time for me to go home, they told me originally it was going to be the day, like, the next day. But then they came in and they are like, hey, uh, actually, you can just shower and leave. And I was like, what? what? Like, are you sure you don't need me to, I mean, I can stay, I can stay and you guys can help me out with her another day. And they're like, no, no, no. They're like, go ahead and take your shower. You're good to go. And and then whenever they came in and, and actually discharged me, they, they just like throw so much information at you. At least they did with me. Like, they're like, okay, these are things you need to look out for your baby. And these are things you need to look out for you because you know, your bodies have just, when you have a baby, like your body goes through so much and and so you heal properly so you don't you know nothing goes wrong there but they just like it was like like that's how fast they were talking to me and I and I was like okay like I can't what and they gave Mm -hmm. me like a little a little piece of paper with like highlights on it like like bullet points and I was terrified the whole time because you know I had an hour and a half drive home back home and so then I was nervous that we were going to get in a car accident on the way home and but then I'm like trying to remember everything that they told me to look out for on top of the exhaustion that you're dealing with so it's a lot when you leave the hospital like for the first time to to go home there's a lot to process yeah I was terrified to leave the hospital because um I was like man I said, when I go home, there's going to be no nurse to help me latch. Mm-hmm. There's going to be nobody to actually help me, like, pick up the baby. Because I was, like, they were in their little thing. Uh, he was in his little bassinet crib thing. And I was, like, struggling to pick him up. But then I have help. 
And of course I have him, but I'm saying like far as being there, it's just a s- sense of security that you mm-hmm. have when you have multiple people around and especially trained professionals too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yes, I was ter- I was just walking out, listening to all the information. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then tears slowly forming in my eyes. <laughs> But um, yeah, like Madison said, like I, you kind of get into a flow. I think honestly, though, for me, the biggest thing starting out though was the physical challenges of a, uh, like sitting down hurt, standing mm-hmm. up hurt, laying down hurts, breathing hurts sometimes. <laughs> so I mean, you go through all of that, and you have to, like little peri bottles, the witch hazel pads, the super, super pads and underwear all the things that come with postpartum yeah. life and, and of course the emotional changes oh the hormones are the worst and i can remember i went to kroger to pick up her vitamin d drops and this lady looked at me and said how far along are you i was Aww. like oh, i just had the baby like you still look <laughs> pregnant you still feel pregnant i could yeah. like those kind of things i can remember just laying there at night and i would like pet brit like like just sit there and pet him and pet the baby and just like just cry because I was like so grateful I had him but like looking back I'm like man I was emotional like yeah way over the top <laughs> it's overwhelming it's overwhelming because so much has happened and then you're just like you're still trying to be a decent wife I know for mm-hmm. me I personally struggled with not looking too crazy because also I know that he was <laughs> he um was a new father and so therefore I said he has his own stress in burdens as it is and so if I'm over here uh, emotional hot mess I was like I know he's I know he tries you know he's gonna be strong for me but still with me I'm like I know he's going through things too so I was like man oh you know I I try to isolate myself and and come back and tend to the baby or check on him so it was kind of like that tug of war and just the hormones you, you kind of feel a little irrational like Things that were small are now bigger, or it could be vice versa, depending on what it is. So it was just a, it was a roller coaster for the. I think the hormones probably was the biggest thing for me. So, yeah. but ladies, now what were some of your early concerns for the baby? Um, I know Madison, you mentioned like milk. Um, there's also other things like sleep, weight gain, that kind of stuff. I mean, I know you just we kind of just talked about it in the last question but did you guys have any deeper um challenges as it pertained to like the early concern for the baby um I I know with me like nursing I really really wanted to nurse and I just didn't get to nurse very long and so like um I was always worried that, you know, she wasn't getting enough milk. Cause you like, how do you tell? Like, how can, you know, obviously they're like, if they have enough wet diapers, I'm like, well, that's like, that doesn't really help me. Like I, I want to know more, but I know that was something that I, um, that really stressed me out. And then Ada too, like she had, she had jaundice really bad when, when she was born. And so like making sure she got enough light and, and natural light and, she had to like be wrapped in this like blanket that had lights in it. And so I know like for us, that was, that was kind of stressful. And then like a a couple of other like concerns with her, not like serious concerns with her health, but um, I know like the, the breastfeeding thing was, was the biggest thing for me, but then you don't know, like, um, Oh, 
I, I forgot where I was going, but I know like the, the breastfeeding thing was, was really my big thing. Like my big concern when she, when she was born. Yeah. What about you, Madison? Well, the earliest part with breastfeeding, I ended up turning to just pumping because I'm such a numbers person. Like I wanted to know exactly how many ounces were in that bottle and how many went into her. Like, so I ended up doing that, but I thought that I would have some sense to me being a nurse, but you can ask Britt. I'm like a hypochondriac except for everybody else. Like for me, like I'd have to be like unconscious for you to get me to the hospital, but like for Ella, like, I was so scared she was, had, like, had something wrong with her, like, any kind of, like, illness you're born with, like, example, like, she was, like, six months old, I would constantly lick her, because salty skin is, a like, a telltale sign of mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis, so I would literally lick her all the time, and I would make Britt lick her, and I'm like, does she take salty <laughs> Like, I was that kind of mom. I mean, like, hypochondriac, like, so scared of something being wrong with her. I mean, she's fine. Nothing's wrong with her. But, like, I can just remember being that first-time mom and just, like, just scared to death of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, she's so perfect. Like, but something's wrong. Something just has to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I was always nervous for her to sleep. Like I was nervous to sleep because I just wanted to make sure she didn't stop breathing. So like, even now I don't do it as much now, but especially when she was born, like I would just wake up and just like put my hand because she slept in a bassinet next to us. And I would just like put my head hand on her, uh, on her chest just to make sure I could feel it like rising and falling. And I would do that all night long. Cause I, I don't know, like it, that was my, other than breastfeeding, I guess that was my biggest thing was I, I just needed to make sure, like, I, I don't know. I just had a hard time sleeping because I wanted to make sure she was okay while she was sleeping. Oh yeah. Here, here's my question. Like, did you ever uh question like whether or not you were an adequate mother? And like, if yes, like, was there a situation which caused you to question yourself in this way? And uh, we're gonna start with Madison this time. All the time, I feel like you constantly like kind of question yourself as a mom because you're like, man, did I do that right? Like, did I lose my patience? Did did I do what was best for her? And at the end of the day, you know. You, you're doing the best you can but I mean I constantly question myself but it you know it's made me definitely you know re-examine myself and change a lot of myself because you know I want to be the best example I can for her and the most patient I can be for her because you know you know they the only way they're going to see Christ is through you so if I don't radiate him then what am I radiating to her? What am I showing her? So I feel like it's normal to question yourself and feel like you're not good enough, but I have to tell myself God made me enough. Mm, I like that. Tori, how about you? Yeah, I, um, the, the thing that probably made me like doubt myself the most was I, I didn't get to, to nurse as long as I, I had hoped to. And we talked earlier about like mom shaming and I would get on Facebook and I'd be like parts of these mom groups and they would just put moms down who used formula. And so I wanted to avoid obviously like using formula. Cause I felt at first that it was like, you know, you don't, you know, like I needed to avoid that at all costs. And so I only got to nurse Ada for about four months and, uh, and then we, we had to go to formula, but and I think like that was, I mean, if you talk to Connor, like I was really emotional at that time. Like whenever I made the decision to, to stop breastfeeding and, 
it was really hard for me because I did feel like inadequate. Cause I was like, this is my, what my, my body is supposed to, to nourish her. And like, what's wrong with, with me? Like, how come these other moms can, can do this for so long? I, I, you know, I didn't try hard enough or, um, things like that. And, and so that it made me doubt my, myself as a mom, but, um, obviously now, like I have, I've moved past that, but I do like try and help people who, who, um, do use formula, like to, to not, not feel bad about that because you're still, you're still nourishing your baby. You're just doing it in a different way. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you both kind of touch on some, some deep matters that I think would, at least in my opinion, cause one to lean on someone or something though, you know, of, of course, this is a podcast where we highlight uh, Christianity as, as the primary religion that governs our lives. And so I just want to, I want to touch on that now, like how, after having your baby, like how did your relationship with God sort of uh, change or transform? Like, uh, like how, what, what exactly took place? And Tori, we'll start with you with this one. Uh, Well, I I feel, I feel bad for kind of saying this, but whenever we found out about Ada, like my desire for her to be in heaven with God one day was greater than my desire for myself to be. Like, I don't know if that, if that sounds bad, but like I, I was just, I'm set on that. Like that is my number one goal is, is to do whatever I can. Obviously she's going to make her own decisions when she gets older, but I, it's my, my goal, my focus each day to do what I can so that she sees Jesus and in, in how Connor and I live. And I know that whenever like I held her for the first time and I looked at her, I got this, this deep understanding a lot deeper than I'd ever had before of the way God loves us, because no matter what, what she does, I'm going to love her and I'm not going to regret bringing her into the world. And so that was just like, that was so emotional. I think just looking at her and, and just seeing this, this glimpse of God's goodness. And, and I reference, like I say that a lot when I talk about her is this glimpse of his goodness, because they are just, they, they're pure goodness and you can see God in them. Um, in, in a way that I've not seen him before. And, and I think too, it, it deepened my thankfulness to him because I am undeserving of her. Like she, and, and to have a baby who is, is healthy and I can bring her home and I don't, I don't have like major health concerns for her. Like I just, I am so thankful and my thankfulness just grows each day. And so I know that that has really transformed my relationship with God, but then also like because I want her to grow up and be a Christian, I, I take the time to like teach her and, and that's helped my own Bible study because I want to, I want her to see me do Bible study. And I want to study the Bible with her, even though she's only eight months old, we read like from her Bible story book each day. And uh, like just to plant those seeds in her. Madison, how about you? Honestly, it's helped me a lot with being close to God because I know that he's the only person I can get or the only being I can go to and, you know, know that whatever I pray for, like he's going to answer it. And just, I pray constantly. I pray for her. I pray for me. I pray that I can be a good example to her that I can give her what she needs so I can return her back to him because he created her. He knows her better than I know her. I mean, you know, he said, I, I knitted you in the womb. I knew you before anybody else knew you. So that makes me feel a lot better that, you know, God knows her in a way that I'll never know her. And I just pray that he gives me the tools to raise her right so I can give her. Because, you know, we borrow, our, we borrow our kids. We got to give them back eventually. Mm-hmm. And 
I just pray that I make the right decisions. I mean, make me a better mother. And honestly, before I even pray to be a better mother, to be a better Christian, because that's what I want her to ultimately be. And if I'm not acting like a Christian in my everyday life and I'm forgetting God in my everyday life, um, that's the pattern that Ella's going to follow. So it, it's, it's important for me that even though I'm busy to try to still include God every day in some form or fashion on the way to work, on the way home, when I wake up in the morning, praying with her before we go to sleep. But it's made me need him more than I ever have. Yeah, I like I like that. Yeah, I think, um, and I know I'm just speaking from the the dad's perspective, but I know for me, two things I did immediately. Like I started studying women of the Bible, and specifically Hebrew women. And the first one I think I studied was Hannah, and like how she prayed. And one thing that I thought was curious was, well, what one thing I was curious about was uh, when she prayed and said once she received him, she promised to give Samuel back. And I'm like, I said, why? You know, that, that was the first thing I said I, immediately. I was like, I said, why would you do that? And it's almost like she she, you know, had the same perspective that you just shared, Madison. Like, OK, well, I understand that this is a gift from God. And by having God answer this prayer, receiving this baby boy is me being a steward. Like now I'm a steward over the gift that God has given and he comes from God. And so that right there pricked my heart in a way that it caused me to, you know, share it with Kia, of course, but to look at Bari in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then number two, um, to touch on what uh, Tori shared was I immediately started to see a version of God that I never got a chance to see in people and and adult people. And the first one was forgiveness. Oh, the sleep thing. I cannot, she's more patient when it, when I lose sleep, I am not the same person. I just cannot deal. And the shift that I had was the late night shift. Like I was up at, you know, from, I think it was like one to six. That was like my span. The only time I had to wake up when, you know, breastfeeding, but you know, I would be rocking him and I'm, I'm drunk. Like I'm, I'm, my head, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, I'm sitting, drunk with sleepiness. And so then, you know, one night and I cried about it. Like I cried hard about it. One, I was just like, I was like, be quiet. I was like, be quiet, you know? And it was like, 3 45 in the morning I'm just like please somebody take me away from here I'm like this dude would not be quiet and I remember coming to Kia and I was I was begging her to like just help me I said I cannot deal and the you know when I was telling him to be quiet and he started crying more of course because I was scaring him and stuff and and I even tried to cover his mouth I was like mm, be quiet and of course that made him more upset and that was the part that that broke my heart the worst like or the most like it was just I don't know, even to this day, like it still breaks my heart. But the way that he looked at me like 30 minutes later to forgive me, to to kiss me, like the man kissed me. And I was like, I said, what? You know, and it was like that portion of God I'd never seen. I said, man, that has to be the way God forgive us when we mess up. Like, it's almost like an immediate, you know, like, hey, I, yeah. I still love you. I'm not I'm not questioning that. And uh, I don't know. I'm, let me let me move on. That 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 still gets me. Oof. Aww. Yeah, I know. I just want to chime in briefly um, as far as like the whole being a good steward thing. Um, I know for me, even before Barry was born, I was like, okay, well, Lord, I know, you know, I'm carrying this baby and trying to nourish this baby and all this. And but I, I still acknowledge that he's still yours first, you know. And I think a lot of times people lose that because it's like, oh, I, I'm putting in this work, I'm carrying the baby, pushing him out. And 
you know, breastfeeding and all doing all this, but it's like, mm-hmm. we're doing all of this for somebody that, yes, we, it's like, like, I think what, I forgot who mentioned it earlier, but they're like a loan to us, you know, we're stewards to take care of them, but they, they belong mm-hmm. to God and they're going to have to return to them. Ideally, you know, I return to them, you know, as they get older, it's our job to make sure that we can do everything that we can to make sure that they stay they stay in that direction so yeah so we got i mean we got one more and um i got i've thoroughly enjoyed the quote uh, the the conversation and learning from you all and i mean some of the stuff that you shared is it's just remarkably insane how <laughs> the experiences are similar like even though we're we're i mean we're across the the the, the country from each other and it's like the experiences are still the same and so i'm just how would you like what practical advice would you give to newer mothers or mothers to be? And um, we'll start with Madison is now. Honestly, um, be patient with yourself. Give yourself grace. Like, don't sweat the small stuff. Look at the big picture. And like, I actually wrote down some verses that I studied that really, really helped me understand and one of my favorite ones is um matthew 18 1 through 3 at that time the disciples came to jesus saying who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and calling to him a child he put him in the midst of them and said truly i say unto you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven they're closer to being like jesus than you are and I feel like understanding that really humbled me. And I have a lot to learn from her. And it's not just she has a lot to learn from me. Like her innocence and her purity and everything that she is, like she's closer to God than I am. And, you know, I feel like understanding that can help you be more patient and help you to understand, you know, that they are different than you. And, just to, to give them grace that, you know, you hope that one day they give to other people. Okay. Tori, how about you? Yeah, I, uh, I had actually written down what Madison said, like have grace, but also like, don't, don't compare yourself. Don't compare your baby to other people because I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, like I, I know I've talked to friends and our babies are the same age and they're doing different things. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, you've, your postpartum body is different than mine. And, and you can let that, that little monster go on your back of comparison. And then, and then it robs you of the joy of, of in, like of your newborn. And I know, um, I got the other thing I wrote down was like, soak up every moment and just be present in that. Uh, don't worry about like all the, all the different things that you have going on. Cause they are only little for a little while. And I know that when Ada was, was a newborn and she was so tiny and laying on my chest, I was like, man, it's going to, going to be forever for her to to roll around and to to crawl and to you know hold her own bottle and and I was like it's you know it's going to be a while before she's a little independent you know person but it goes by so so fast so just soak up every single minute that you can and be present and and don't let those negative like comparison thoughts in and rob you of that that special time with your baby yeah but I forgot who said it what uh comparison is the thief of all joy was that one of our presidents that said that or was it 
I, I forgot. Know. I'm used to hearing it, but I yeah, forgot who originated the quote. Yeah. I mean, that's so true, though. I mean, I, I can yield to you if you wanted to add anything. Oh, honestly, I think they they covered it far as, I mean, the comparison thing, definitely. I mean, throughout the whole episode, we've talked about the whole mom guilt, mom shaming, that kind of stuff. Just kind of have an idea of your own vision for your baby, your family, now and for the future. And of course, you know, take every advice with a grain of salt, you know, some things mm-hmm. you'll, you'll accept. Oh, okay. You know, that's a good idea. I love that. And then other times it's like, okay, well, thanks for sharing, <laughs> you know, and then you, you don't take the advice. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, just, you just kind of, people are going to give you stuff. People are going to give you, whether it be physical things or words of wisdom. And it's up to you. Um, like I said, kind of having, I found that having a vision for, for my baby, but just in general, my family um, was what helped kind of help me to stay in line and keep your sanity with all the advice coming at you. So, well, yeah. I appreciate, I, I have thoroughly appreciated the the conversation and um, thank you guys for letting me sit on. It, it has been remarkable for me just to learn the, uh, the perspective from, from new mothers, because as I said at the beginning, I always hear, grandmothers and great grandmothers talking about their experience like oh i know what you're going through you know but i'm like man how does a new mom feel about it and you guys i think did a remarkable job just you know expressing and being very transparent so you wanted to add anything or yeah i I thank you ladies for for joining us because like i said we can learn from each other and even like daniel said with the older women of course you learn a lot of wisdom from them but there's something about what people around the going through around the same phase that you're going through in that phase of life um there's so many things that you can just relate to and just and also encourage each other through you know so i like i I appreciate i've learned a lot and you guys helped me do some some thinking Mm -hmm. and when it came to my perspective (laughs) on things i'm like yeah that's that's a good way to look at i never thought about it that way you know so I appreciate you guys. Yeah, you I'm did learned. a good job. Yeah, <laughs> both of you, you did a great job. So, Tori, Madison, we appreciate both of you for being on the podcast tonight. Yes, thank you. Thank guys. you for having us. Nothing prepares you to bring your baby home like actually bringing the baby home. Of course, if you have a good family support system, whether they be in laws or your own family, uh, that definitely could be of help and a value uh, to you and your family as you return home with this new bundle of joy. Uh, so thankful to Tori and to Madison for being very transparent, open and honest. Um, I told you guys at the beginning, yeah, it's very detailed, but I think it was necessary because these are some of the things that I believe uh, when we talk about them, uh, we can relate to other people and what they go through. And so this was very eye opening for me and being able to, uh, you know, watch my wife throughout this process and being able to do that again. So. Uh, To those mothers out there who are new mothers or thinking about becoming mothers. Hey, listen, I hope this podcast or this particular episode of the podcast was especially beneficial for you. And if so, I would love to hear about that. Uh, Just leave a rating or review, comment, share this episode with others. Thank you all so much and may God bless.